Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, this is Doug, the showrunner and editor of Ghostbusters Resurrection. Hey, this is Kat, the co-producer of Ghostbusters Resurrection. And uh, we are here with a little update because it's been a minute since we've uh, said anything in the feed. And uh, oftentimes we find that when we're quiet for too long, people think we're dead. But in <laughs> fact, rumors of our death have been greatly exaggerated. Indeed. The reason that season three stopped right before the con- like the final episodes came out was a catastrophic data loss. And last we heard, you had been just needing some time away and were starting to put things back together. Yes. Rebuilding the sound effects library, the custom sound effects library, uh, has been ongoing. I have actually um, made a lot of progress due to the help of some fans in the community who've reached out and said, hey, Doug, if you need anything, tell us what you need. And um, I was like, well, I, I actually I kind of need these particular sounds. I need these and I don't even know where to begin. And people just came out of the woodwork and uh, pointed me in the right direction or even linked me uh, to the right places I had to go to. And um, have, I made a lot of progress very quickly. Yeah. Uh, to reemphasize, we have all of the original recordings of the sessions. It is the custom sound effects libraries that Doug has been building uh, across the show for, for 10 years. years. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's like the, 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 the meat and potatoes that creates all the action that you understand, that, that you know and love from Ghostbusters Resurrection. That's that's yeah. what's gone. That's that's what we're in the, pro- uh, in the process of rebuilding. And it's going good. I feel like we have reached a point where I have enough to at least get started to get back into the swing of it. And I will continue building it as the editing progresses. These last few episodes um, that were scheduled for the finale were some of the best work we've ever done. And I want to make sure we get right back to where it was, if not even better. So it will be an ongoing process. We're really taking our time with it and we're being very cautious because we want this to meet the quality that you've come to expect. And honestly, um, it might even be better because of it. So <laughs> I really, we really want to nail this and, and stick the landing. And uh, I'm very hopeful. Uh, everything seems to be moving in the right direction. But that is not all when it comes to you working on Ghostbusters stuff. Yes. I've been interacting with some of our listeners on the Omniverse Discord. And a lot of them were saying, hey, we would love to have like a resource or some kind of database of different kind of ghosts we could run for our own games. And I threw out the idea that I was I was kind of kicking around to begin with. But I said, hey, I've been thinking about like writing a book full of this. Like, what are some things you would all like to see? And I got some great feedback and from people saying, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah, we'd love to see this, this, this. So right now um, I am actually in the process of writing a book. That is basically a a Tobin spirit guide for Ghostmasters who want, want to run their own games. It is going to run the entire spectrum from class one all the way to class six. Because if you need class sevens, those are like world enders. That's 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 for your own personal campaign. That's its own separate thing. But that's, that's work you got to do yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hey, depending if this if this is popular enough, maybe I'll do one of just world uh, world ending uh, class sevens, large scale campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what I'm working on now, as it is right now, is a book that covers classes one to six with multiple examples um, in each class, story seeds, uh, 
locations where they can take place. The longer this goes on, the more and more I'm going to start interacting with some of the people on our Discord trying to get uh, not just feedback from reading it. If anyone wants to play test some of these things, I'm going to need all the help I can get. This book currently is titled The Ectonomicon as a guide for uh, Ghostmasters. Now I lost my shit when Doug <laughs> said those words to me. Um, that's so cool. If you're not familiar with the uh, the Omniverse Discord, that's where all the folks, listeners, hosts, actors, etc. from Omniverse Productions and Nerdy Show Productions congregate. Uh, you can get there at omniverse.media slash discord or nerdyshow.com slash discord, actually. There is a ton of Ghostbusters discourse, Ghostbusters role-playing discourse, Ghostbusters comics discourse, Ghostbusters discourse at large taking place on there with Doug and uh, other members of the Ghostbusters Resurrection crew uh, discussing things on there. Now, as you may be aware from our prior updates, we did release an expansion to the Ghostbusters role-playing system and introduced some new equipment into the mix. And we also have additional things that we want to test out, including but not limited to the future of the Ectonomicon from like a playtesting standpoint. And that's the sort of thing where uh, we need people for R&D. And if you join up at the Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdy show, you will get to the nerdy show and Omniverse Media Patreon and uh, donors at any level get access to whatever equipment is currently being evaluated for whether or not like we got the rules right or what we need to change or whatever. And then also uh, Patreon exclusive discord channels specifically for R and D of the Ghostbusters role-playing game. And in the meantime, uh, all the more recent rules that we've already updated and the new equipment that we've released is all available for free at gbrpg.com. Yep. So that's what can be said about Ghostbusters role-playing and podcasting at this particular moment. However, Doug and I were working on something for quite some time during the pandemic. And our patrons are already well aware of it, but we have recently brought it out from behind the, uh, the curtain and have put it out in the wild. And if you love Ghostbusters Resurrection, we think there's a good chance you might be interested in this too. It's a project called Kate Was Here. Kate Was Here is a surprise RPG, which is a new thing that uh, that Doug has created and that we've been developing for the past several years here at Omniverse. Um, and I can't even begin to express how excited I am about this work that has been done, uh, what Doug has developed, and um, what it means for the future. We are using these methodologies that have been created and, and tested here uh, in a lot of future projects. And in fact... Ghostbusters Resurrection season three in particular directly informed it. Yeah, yeah, play it was like was the genesis of what has become the surprise RPG, the method of role playing that Doug is working on here. And for reasons that will become apparent when you listen to it, we have not released this as a podcast outside of Patreon uh, via the usual channels. We've released this on YouTube. And Doug has made a expanded experience with some visuals that accompany it. You can listen to the whole show there, but obviously we're not going to say, hey, go listen to this thing without like properly uh, pitching you what it is. Um, what it is, in short, is the most immersive, life-changing tabletop role-playing experience of my life. Because Doug ran a experiment, experiment and I was his <laughs> test subject. Perhaps the best way to explain the experiment is to play for you the 
pre-campaign discussion yeah. that Doug and I had that intros the series. Yeah, the actual conversation where I brought you in and kind of introduced the concept to you of what a surprise RPG is, how you're going in not knowing anything. So for anyone listening to this now, if you're not already familiar with Kate Was Here, we'll just play for you that conversation so you'll be on the same page that Kat was when it began and you'd be ready to jump right into episode one if you were interested and wanted to continue. Now, before we play this, let me tell you where you can hear the rest of it. Just go to katewashere.com, but it's spelled K-number-8-was-here.com, and that will take you to our Surprise RPG YouTube page where all of Kate Was Here lives. So now, here is that pregame discussion, and we will see you on the other side. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Doug. Hey. (laughs) What we're about to do is some kind of experiment. I've had a couple ideas on some role-playing scenarios and games and systems that I wanted to try out, but the very nature of what I wanted to do was a unique kind of storytelling using a role-playing game for a solo player. Apparently, there's already a term for this in Dungeons & Dragons called a duet. Oh, and I like I, that. I like that a lot, too. I hadn't heard about that until, like, literally the day before yesterday. So, apparently, duets in D&D are a thing, but not, like, a big thing. There's a lot of stigma about one-player RPGs, where you have a GM and one player. Where's the stigma come from? Is that sort of aggrandizing the way things are meant to be done, or...? I'm not sure, really. I think a lot of his holdover from back when Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing games in general were already stigmatized as being super nerdy. Uh-huh. But at least, hey, at least you're with a group of people, and at least you're being social. But when it's just two people, I can see how from an outside perspective, it's like so you just the two of you just sort of go off in a room, and you just like talking characters people until it's something like well yeah but it's you're making a story here that's how people write yeah. songs yeah that's uh, how that's how people write anything any stories and songs like you say <laughs> but for some reason in role playing it's always got this stigma to it and another thing is that there's a difficulty for a lot of gms who say the pacing is wonky and it's weird because uh, you know it's this and also for players they say if it's just me and the gm it's like am i just living in the gm's fan fiction and they're just going to do all this stuff and there's that's a big danger too but that's also a danger when you're playing with multiple people yeah um so there's a lot of so not a lot of people apparently have really i'm sure a lot of, in reality the number wise a lot of people have done it but online when i was looking people are either really shy about it had mixed experiences with it no one ever had a really positive experience outside of those who say 
a DM who was trying to get their uh, spouse or loved one interested and warmed them up to it by playing a few rounds, like leveled up their D&D character from like levels one to five. And then when they were up to level five, then they would join the regular party. So, that sounds like a great idea, actually. Yeah, that, and, that, and that does sound like a good idea. But uh, outside of that and mm-hmm. those types of things where it's introducing somebody to role-playing, which I think if you're introducing somebody to role-playing, starting them out, put them in a room with just you and them, I don't know if that's a great idea. It depends um, on the social dynamics. Yeah, yeah. But because we have such a good social dynamic, and we think in a lot of similar ways when it comes to being creative and storytelling, but we also differ in terms of like what our specialties are, yeah. I think this presented a really unique opportunity to what I was already considering doing as an experiment and then at including you, your energy into it could either make it a one-time thing that won't work for anyone else mm-hmm. <laughs> or could at least be a proof of concept for me that I can run a role-playing game for one player and still make it a living, breathing world that doesn't rely too much on the input of the other players. Right. Not that I felt that I was doing that too much, but the, there's so many things I wanted to try and do and get, doing it as a one-player RPG gives a lot of freedom, but also with new restrictions that I haven't had. So Doug tells me, I want to play this one-person game, and I want you to make a normal person, Mm -hmm. a totally normal person. And what we're going to do, this game is going to be derivative of some kind of media property, but I can't tell you what it is, because if you know what it is, you're going to prepare for it. And the Mm -hmm. example that you gave me was Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, if I I told you, hey, saddle up, we're going to play Jurassic Park, make a character. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to be a paleontologist, or I'm going to be a security guard expert, or I'm going to be ex-military, or I'm going to be whatever. I want to survive Jurassic Park. Right. But if I told you instead- That's not how you write a Jurassic Park no, movie. that's not how you- that is, Well, that's how some people write a Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> but instead, I said, well, wouldn't it be better, I'm saying to myself- okay, that's not how you write a good Jurassic Park movie, yeah. of which there's only one. Right. <laughs> so instead, I want you to write a normal person, and I'll tell you what eventually you're going to go on, a contemporary story. And then I say, hey, you, you want a free vacation and you want a uh, trip on a cruise ship down to Costa Rica. Yeah. And you're on this cruise ship and everything is grand and wonderful. And all of a sudden a storm hits and you're thrown overboard and the ship probably sinks. But you don't even know because you wake up washed on an island and it's this like tropical island. And you must be in the Pacific because you don't but you don't remember how you got here. You remember there was a oh, storm. Oh, great. I'm yeah. playing the castaway RPG. Yeah. But then you keep walking in further and you see signs of civilization. Like you see like a small shack that has like uh, electrical stuff inside, like a fuse box but it's all been overgrown oh, great i'm playing the lost rpg yeah <laughs> and then but then you find a jeep and then you like a jeep wrangler and you go over and it looks like it's been here for like 20 years or 30 years and there's like a bunch of dust and stuff and vines growing over it. and as you pull the vines away and you wipe the mud off the side of the door you see a logo of a skeleton of a tyrannosaurus over the oh, words jurassic no, park no i'm playing a jurassic <laughs> park rpg which should be a good thing but i know how ill equipped i am for exactly. this exactly but but you get that sense of dread of oh my fucking god like like the real you the meta you goes oh no even if the character in game may not even fully comprehend the danger that they're in they're Therefore, you are now emotionally prepared to survive a badass Jurassic Park story or die trying. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the example I gave. And I said, this, so this is another scenario where you are an average person who's going to be put into possibly some extraordinary circumstance. So I've told you nothing. Yeah. You know, and I've hoped that I haven't let anything slip not, on Not on the stuff. least. I have, I have legitimately no clue what we're doing. Yeah. But that's part of the, the point yeah. of can we create a story and an experience where you're going in completely blind, but yet you'll have a reward on the other end of this that, you know, something. Yeah. So character creation was, I mind a bunch of autobiographical pieces of my high school life to create this character. I said your character can be any sex. They can have any gender identity. They can have anything about them. That, but 
they need to be, what did I say, between the ages of uh, like 16 and uh, 19. Something like that, yeah. And uh, that I would prefer if they were in high school and that this is in contemporary United States. And more specifically, it's going to be in the year 2016. So just in a pivotal point politically. Do I know what month? Yeah, I'll tell you when we begin. Okay. And at the same time, this isn't our world, but it's a world that is very similar to ours. So there will be like little differences, but the differences aren't really important. And right. if, if something does come up that is important, I'll reveal it to you. There's other things about the town. Well, tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about your character before we launch sure. into it. Her name's Kate Ritchie. When she writes it, it's spelled the letter K and the number eight. She's a junior in high school. She's 17 years old. And she's a photographer. She is generally kind of like known as an eccentric weirdo around the high school. She deals with the arts department, what there is. This is not an artistic town. This is not a town with a lot of culture. Kate recognizes that and uh, is sort of like just waiting to get out some way, somehow. But she does have a pretty substantial photographic eye that has allowed her to perceive the weird, sterile surroundings of where she lives through a lens that other people don't have. She didn't want to be in journalism, but because she's a photographer, that's where she ended up getting sort of sorted. And once she was there, she ended up eventually, didn't take long, becoming a journalist in addition to photography. She mostly has fun with it because she hates writing about school stuff. She wants to write about, like, more interesting things and uh, is sort of feeling that out, feeling out the experience of being a kid whose parents are divorced, who's left alone most of the time, who has a good friend group, who's queer and is trying to figure that out, and who is like because of her talents and the eccentric way that she sort of presents herself, which isn't to say it's particularly strange. It's just like sort of unabashed and notably different and doesn't take shit from anybody. She's about to be a senior. She's going to leave. The world feels like her oyster. Her tiny world Hmm. is always new and different. But at the same time, there's a kind of security in the sorts of adventures she'll have. And uh, a bit about the town that you grew up in here. Before Kate was born, it was known as a kind of really shitty town. But with the dot-com boom in like in the 90s and technology coming in, uh, there was a small there was a small little cultural revolution in this town where a lot of the crime and the drugs and stuff had been swept out. And instead, basically, the town sold out. It just sold out what space it did have. And it made a lot of tax benefits to any tech companies that wanted to come in. So it became like a small Silicon Valley uh, kind of carbon copy <laughs> of trying to be the place where Amazon would be made. You know, it, tra- it, it wanted to be all these things. And to a certain extent, it did succeed in that. But instead of it being like, you know, Amazon or eBay or, or that kind of thing, it mostly got bought up by security firms and things like that. So sort of the darker side of technology. And it's kind of been rumored among the high school students of Kate's age, because what Kate was born in 1999, yeah. I believe, around all the students and kids her age, there's a lot of like rumors going around town about how that it's really like an experimental Orwellian dystopian nightmare that's only a few years away from them springing the trap on everyone. And everyone feels like they're always being watched because of all these shady companies that are all umbrella companies of umbrella companies of umbrella companies that just it just spreads like so far. This is a contemporary story with some possible slight sci-fi elements. Slight dystopian sci-fi elements, I believe is how I pitched it to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But hopefully optimistic, depending on your choices. 
there's a long way of just saying that I that I really wanted to do something very different. The way I even built this is very different. Um, we are using the fate accelerated rules, but we're only using like a third of those rules. And I feel like I should probably sidle in here with my experience with fate, which is I've done it once and I didn't care for it. Mm. Everyone always touts the simplicity of it, but something about the oversimplicity of it, and I have no problems working with collaborative narratives, but it feels like I'm trying to drive stick, and I don't know how to. Hmm. So it's all just a lot of weird stop and start. I'm like, look, if you want to just flow and you want to build a story with me, we can do that. But now you're throwing these dice in here, Hmm. and they're not doing anything except making it complicated. But if I'm, say, doing Call of Cthulhu... I have this whole wealth of all the different expertise that my character has. It feels very real. And most of the time, these aren't, these aren't characters with magic. They're people who can, like, operate heavy machinery and shit like that. You right. know, it's very specific. I either need to have no rules whatsoever and just tell the story, or I need to have, you know, some very specific, broad data. And when it came time to, like, sit down and even read The Fate Accelerated, which I recognize is, is like, very different from the regular yeah. old Fate, yeah. I still hit this wall where I had a a visceral knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. to the ways that it broadly presents even character design where it's like, okay, so make a character and then invent abilities for them out of nowhere, but you haven't played the game yet, so how do you know if that's going to be worthwhile? You can invent abilities as you go. Yeah. Which... Again, it's, this is very freewheeling. So, like, all, all the things that you're pointing out are true, <laughs> but but there is a different approach, and I think it would all depend on who you play with. In our case, I knew I didn't want to rely on those rules too heavily, and you went ahead and, like, you just sort of, you're like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to fill out this character sheet. I'm like, oh, you didn't have to do that part. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you didn't have to do this. Really, all I wanted well, was just the and, main numbers. And like, and to help me get a handle on, on the character that we created and then when I was looking at fate of like, hey, just like turn all this this data that you and Doug have created yeah. via talking into game stuff, I was like, there's no scaffolding here. Yeah. I don't know how to gamify <laughs> this. I'd rather just describe it. Well, and, and, and because you are a normal person. Like, right. The fate is assuming that you got like, oh, I'm like a hacking wizard, you know, or oh, I'm like a, 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 a an actual wizard. You yeah, know? it's like build your superhero. Yeah. Like, what's your powers? And and I'm like, uh. And so <laughs> so so instead of doing fate, the first thing I did was I rolled a character for Call of Cthulhu mm. and parsed out all of those stats and everything. And then I did the fate thing because I was like, okay, whew, yeah. I've got my structure now. I feel grounded. So let me now then like cram all of this hard data into this abstract data that is the fate system. But then at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter because we're just telling a collaborative story via whatever the hell you've got worked up here. Yeah. And again, because this is so experimental in nature and I've obviously never played with anyone else before, I don't know how many dice rolls I'm going to ask from you. I yeah. don't know if we're going to have a ton. I don't know if we're going to have a little or, or none at all. I don't know how important the dice rolls will be when they happen. I think it's all going to depend on how your character decides to react. If they decide that something's super important and worth doing or reacting to. I don't know. I'm, I'm so anxious about this because it is so outside my wheelhouse. But that's why it needs to be done. Yeah. So another component of this crazy experiment is that um, I'm going to be trying to play sound effects and music like live, like live to tape, like as you were hearing it, I'm going to be over here pushing buttons, altering levels, uh, picking out songs to give this like uh, vibe throughout the whole thing. Well, that's a lot. How are you even doing that? Well, um, I'm uh, I have songs picked out like MP3s and I have other sound effects. Some I've created from scratch, but actually, oh, it's actually important to note that for a lot of the sound beds and ambience and even some music, I'm going to be utilizing audio from tabletopaudio.com 
I love tabletopaudio.com. I use it all the time in games that I don't record like this. Um, I use it when I'm writing and stuff, and you can customize your own soundboard with different ambient uh, beds yeah. of music and I've stuff. I've heard you mention that you play with atmospheres sometimes in other games that aren't the ones we do for Omniverse. Yes, absolutely. But for this, to get me even more out of my comfort zone to really you know stretch these muscles and try and get better as a GM in, in other places that I don't normally go, I'm going to attempt to play and edit on the fly live ambient music sound effects, background, everything, as it happens. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be easy, but I, again, I, and I know I'm going to fumble, so just bear with me, but I, I think uh, it, at the very least it should prove an interesting brain exercise for me. So even though no one's going to hear what's going on in my brain, maybe you'll hear my panic <laughs> somehow, like where I'm jumping around. And I'm going to try not to get too distracted you by really it. You really are going all into this like one man storyteller experience thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, again, I, w- I, I, need, I wanted to really push the limits of what I thought I could do. Like as soon as I said in my own head, like, oh, I could never do that too at the same time. I couldn't focus on telling a great story and entertaining people while at the same time juggling sound effects and have it not, you know, go correctly it's it's like well as soon as i told myself i can't do that that's not cool so i need to do it and this is a safe place to fuck up so um so why not safe place yes one last thing about the process for creating this if you want to see all the character sheets and everything they're attached to this episode's posting on patreon i'll include kate's fate accelerated sheet which we're using for this game and the Call of Cthulhu sheet, which we're not using. That's just for, for fun to see like what my process was. And Doug and I collaborated on a document about Kate and her world to establish a base for everything that I would know at the start of this game. So that's attached too. Now, I, I don't know what you had in mind for how this thing opens, but what if we opened with like an, an article by Kate about the town that kind of streamlines all that info we created into one piece? Like an article that could be in the student newspaper. There's actually a chance to roleplay that if you wanted to go off the cuff on that. Or if you want to save it and just I, put it in later if this is something. I was thinking about like the title crawl is Kate reading her noiry, smarmy take on then, the hot then, take on the town. Then if you want to riff on that, let's just do that. Because um, this can lead into how the game was going to begin, which was just like a standard day at school. So this is what you wrote like before you went to bed, before you crashed on your laptop. Uh-huh. And so 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 as you as you were like zoning out at the end of the night, you're going to close your laptop and go to bed. What was it that you wrote? It me, Jughead in Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to get the scoop from Kate about the sordid things happening in her hometown and get this adventure started, we'll see you in episode 1 of Kate was here. So that was our initial discussion for Kate Was Here. Um, if any of that sounds interesting to you, you can listen to the rest on YouTube, on our uh, <laughs> Surprise RPG YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, and if you're like, hey, folks, come on. Like, uh, I, I really need to be motivated by, what what is it? What is it really? Um, then you can just head to the announcements section of our Discord at omniverse.media slash Discord, and, uh, and you will see a bulletin that I've posted announcing the show's um, debut on YouTube and a bunch of spoilered text and you can unspoiler that text and you can see what it is. If you have to. Otherwise, just wait. I'll tell you now. Just get to episode two, about 30 minutes into episode two and everything will become clear. All your questions will be answered. It is exciting either way. But um, but it is super fun when you don't know what's coming. It lets you go along the ride with me 
a little bit for more. about an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and then then you go on the ride with me because you don't know what Doug's going to do next. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good time. It's an incredible time. If you think you know what a good storyteller Doug is from Ghostbusters Resurrection, well, uh, you don't know the half of it because I didn't. <laughs> um, so uh, again, that's katewashere.com. K number eight was here.com. The Omniverse Media Discord is Omniverse, O-M-N-I-V-E-R-S-E, dot media, slash Discord. And uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash Omniverse Media, where you can uh, sign up at any level to get access to any new equipment that we develop for the Ghostbusters role-playing system and uh, the opportunity to work directly with Doug on uh, research and development of new role-playing tools. And then at higher levels, you can get access to Kate Was Here and other surprise RPG experiences in podcast form. Links to all that stuff in this episode's posting. We'll look forward to seeing you on Discord, we hope. We'll check in, of course, as new Ghostbusters Resurrection things develop. And in the meantime... Stay fit, keep sharp, and make good decisions. 